Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. This is Charger Rundown. I'm Martin Peterson. And I'm Reagan Gancieski, bringing you all things Hillsdale Charger sports. Today, we have, as we always do, a very special guest. Tennis player Tyler Conrad joined the show today. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, you guys took the trip down to Kentucky Wesleyan this we past did. weekend. Big win there. Obviously, they are not one of the better teams in the league, but you guys were still able to get things done. Yes, sir, we were. It was it was a fun trip going all the way down there. They only had four players for us to play against, so they had already forfeited the five and six single spots and three doubles. So the win was already pretty much assured without playing. Which is pretty nice for you guys. It makes the makes it a little less pressure for the guys who are playing, correct? Right. So what is your so what are the numbers for you? You obviously play play both singles and doubles. Right. So where are you in those? So I play one singles and one doubles. So yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of the dude, right? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, explain that. So we have um six singles spots, like one through six, and I'm the top one in there. And then in doubles we have three spots, and I play um the first position there. Which which is kind of a big deal, right? So let's talk about your journey to tennis. Like, how did you first start playing tennis? How did tennis become a love for you? And how did you end up to Hillsdale College to play in the sport? So when I was about four, so like I'm an only child, and my mom was always looking for ways to get me exposed to other children. So she signed me up for this once-a-week tennis class at our tennis center. And I started out just like low commitment, just to see people cheap. And then it slowly I started going more and more. It became not once a week, not cheap, all life-consuming. <laughs> started playing tournaments. And then, I mean, for a long time I wanted to play professional tennis. Once I was about 14, I realized that was not in the works. And then I would say I wanted to play tennis in college. And I wanted to go D1 for a long time. But, I mean, Hillsdale was just wound up being the perfect choice. How did you hear about Hillsdale? So, um... One of the one of my teammates here at Hillsdale, actually, Michael Zabo, he graduated last year. Um, he was my teammate in high school for a year. Oh, okay. And he committed to Hillsdale. And then a few, and then um, Cameron Matthews on the on, from the women's side also went to my high school, and so I knew about it from them. So you got Zabo, and then you've got Cameron, and of course Tatum too, right? Right. So wow. there's four of you guys from the same high school on both the men's and women's side. Yeah, now there's just two of us since Michael and Cameron graduated. Right, but, but still, I mean, that's that's cool. insane for mm-hmm. one high school. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch a lot of professional tennis growing up too? Yeah, so um, I would always watch it on TV, and we actually have a um, a mid-level professional women's tournament at my club every year, like a 100K tournament. It just got bumped wow. up to a 125K tournament. Did you work those? or? Yeah, I was always a ball kid at those, so I was the – kid that like, like the balls and, around and yeah and then my senior year of high school they finally let me be a hitting partner for the nice. pros which was fun i got probably about 20 hours of hitting time in with various pros and it, would they make conversation like what are those what are those hitting times like are they pretty quiet a lot of them were pretty quiet because they're focused right right yeah. they're, they're focused they're not super social would you try to strike a conversation not really no i'd be afraid to <laughs> i was I was, super, I was afraid to super intimidated <laughs> Uh, that, well, that's cool. Uh, and again, this is always growing up. I know a lot of people have entered into this debate: Federer or Nadal. I, I'm I'm an Nadal guy. Really? Yes. <laughs> that's shocking. Yes, I See, love Nadal. I, I'm a, you can tell I'm a Federer guy, but uh, you like it when he bites his trophies. 
That's a little bit weird. Okay. But. So so you won't take the GMAC trophy this year and just start nibbling into it, will you? I mean, we'll have to, we'll have to find out when it happens. Well, maybe maybe you should. I mean, I think I need a commitment right now that you're going to do that. Maybe, maybe I'll have to just for this. <laughs> Tyler, you and I spoke last year. I did an yes. interview with you on the cle- for the Collegian. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked you what your favorite college memory was so far, and you said it was when you beat Mercyhurst five to two. Uh, your coach came over and gave you a big sweaty hug. I need to know: has anything topped that so far, or, or yet, in your college career? So um, this fall, actually, so we were at our um, ITA tournament, big sixty-four player tournament um all the schools in the region um the GLIAC didn't get to play because of their conference rules they couldn't play so it was um it was hosted by University of Indianapolis and so in the second round of it I had to play against um Indy's number one player who was like a top 10 player in the country and I managed to almost take him out even though I lost it was just it instilled a lot of confidence in me because this is a player that I had like I had heard of I had I had seen play and just looked up to a lot and here I was almost being able to take out a player like that and that just made me have a lot of confidence in myself going forward I was gonna say what was your mindset really going into that match I was definitely really nervous (laughs) because I mean obviously this guy was the one of the top seeds in the tournament Mm -hmm. really good player I knew going in and I had just lost to him in doubles about an hour before really easily. Oh, wow. So it was – I knew that I was the weaker player overall, but I knew that if I could just make him play, I could keep him competitive, and that's what I did. Talking to Tyler Conrad here on Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Uh, the legend of Tyler Conrad continued into this semester, and the word on the street was the big-time match you had – against Grand Valley. Set up that situation and tell us exactly what happened at GVSU. Okay, so we're playing over at Grand Rapids Racket and Fitness, and I know the one singles there from back in juniors. I had played against him once when I was 15, and he had actually become a USTA referee, and I didn't like him as a ref. We had a little bit of (laughs) beef back and forth, and so I was apprehensive going into the match. I was a little bit nervous. I knew he was a good player. I knew that the win would be vital to us beating Grand Valley because they're a really solid program. And I was just going out there going, like, we were, he, he was holding his serve, I was holding my serve. I was just focused on making him win every single point that, he, that like, if he would win a point, I had to make him earn it. I wasn't going to give him anything free. And he managed to make a lot of mistakes. And I, I kept my head together, played calm. I remember... We were um, at a really close tiebreaker, and I was just like in a mode of zen. Like I was just hitting like some of my best tennis, and I would look over to my team and just smile, because <laughs> they and they were like stressed. Because they knew it. Because they and what was it? What was so it was tied, right? Like you guys were tied with sets, or how, how does that work again with games? Like you're like through all the numbers you guys had were even up until that point, correct? Right. So we had so we had both won a set. And in the first set, actually, well, I not just for you guys, for like the team, the team right? overall. Yeah. So at this point, so we were on two separate banks of courts. There was three courts, and then like two curtains separating in a walkway, and then three more courts. So I had no idea what was happening on the other okay. side. All I knew is that there was just me. That and your match and was going to matter. That it was going to matter. There was just me and Daniel Gilbert left over at five singles, and I had no idea if he was still playing or not. 
because I I hadn't heard anything from that side in a while, and I was figuring that my match was going to be to clinch the win, and I think my team had figured that too, and so I won the match, and they all they all come up to me, and hug me, and then we find out that Daniel is still out there, that we're tied three three. We thought that this was for the win. Oh wow! The guys that wow. were on my side. So it was. I figured that my match might be for the win. That I knew it was going to be vitally important while I was playing. And you talked a little bit about you. You had a little bit of beef with this player. This is a question I usually come back to time and time again. Do you guys talk any smack when you're playing tennis? Were you talking smack with this guy? Well, is that how that started? Wait a second. Before you answer that, <laughs> the the. Yes. There's a lot of passive aggressiveness, I feel like, when it comes to tennis matches. <laughs> oh, yes. Right? So much. So, on Reagan's point, I feel like it's not almost trash talking, but it's more like excessive celebration or self-talk. That's usually where the trash talking comes. Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. So, obviously, when players get mad, they start what I like to call monologuing. <laughs> they, they just talk to themselves so much. Like, and a lot like of it's Brian really Hackman. Aggressive. Oh, he's, he's a the professional. Wor- he's the worst at it. I've witnessed him so many times do that. It's hilarious. <laughs> but, no, like, a lot of it comes from, like, like players making bad line calls and you're just not liking it, getting annoyed at them, and then you just say something at the changeover and you start going back and forth. We didn't really have any of that, but it was mostly just mutual dislike from juniors. We just didn't like each other. But the match was actually fair. We, like, we, we didn't have beef during the match, which was nice. I was very apprehensive going in because I knew that there was in the past. What's but, the worst beef you've had on the court with oh. somebody? Let me think here. So there was this kid growing up that was always my rival for a long time, even like through most of high school. And we just hated each other. And our families hated each other too. And wow. this kid would just cheat so much. And like as a result, I had to be like co-captain with him my senior year of high school. On the team, and it oh, was you just, guys were teammates. In high yes, school? we were teammates. We still oh hated gosh. each other. Like it were was, you guys won doubles? No, oh, <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> that would have been awful. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've been talking about a lot about you know like high school, how you got to Hillsdale. Another question I've asked you in the past, but I'm curious to see if it's changed. Who has influenced your tennis career the most? Like in terms of professionals or people that I've played with or college teammates or what are you talking here let's do um someone who who's coached you who's been along you've known personally I would have to say um one of my my old coaches Michael Thompson he was my coach when I was 13 14 15 years old and he was from South Africa he had played some really high level tennis played juniors all over the world played at Alabama all-american there and he came to our center when I was 13, and I started working with him, and I just improved so much with him and just learned how to, like, my strategies evolved a lot with him. I learned how to just make the other person win, like, make them earn it, and I learned how to take opportunities when I saw them, whereas before I had just been a complete backboard of a player, just make, just make shots, not really do anything with my, with my game. I don't know much about tennis, but how much of it is mental? Yeah, I would say it's 80% mental. And how is that, you know, growing as a mental player, what has that journey been like? Um, it's been interesting. So a long time ago, through when I was probably 15, 
I wouldn't say that I had anger issues, but I was definitely a player that got really angry on court. I just felt a lot of pressure from my parents, myself, that because I was a high recruit back then. I was a four star when I was 14 and and I just felt like I should win all the time. And once I was 15 and 16, I stopped growing. I, I plateaued my level a little bit and I just felt like I should still keep winning mm-hmm. and I didn't. And that just made me not a happy player. But then over time, I actually worked with a sports psychologist for a little bit. He wanted to do some um, experimenting with some of his theories. And that helped me a lot out a lot, like with calming myself down, visualizing what I need to do. And over the course of the past few years, I've become a lot more positive. And that's definitely helped my game a lot, being more confident in myself. Like I said, it's it's 80% mental, probably 20% physical. Talking to Tyler Conrad here on Charger Rundown Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. So let's keep talking about that a little bit. That's obviously something that's very interesting. The positivity, how, what were some of the key points that you did to keep yourself positive in matches? Because just like tennis, just like golf, like you said, a lot of these sports that are really mentally challenging for, for people, like how do, you, how do you stay positive? Well, I would have to say... One of the key things is between every point, especially like major points that you lose, you just go back and touch the curtain, just try and release that negative energy into the curtain and just forget about it, play in the next point. You have to have a really, really short-term memory to be a good tennis player. Because if you keep thinking about lost opportunities, you're just going to mess up and get nervous the next time. And it's all about planning for the next point or taking it one point at a time. You can't think long-term either. You just have to think really in the moment and try to go on autopilot. And you feel like that that training there, like next play, like forget about the past, don't worry about what's what's leaving you, you felt like that has contributed to you becoming a better tennis player? Oh, for sure. It's definitely helped me a lot. What's it like? I'm, this is a question really for you, Marty. Do you think it's different in football? Are you thinking every play? Or what's, how's the mindset different in football? No, I – no, I think it's it's exactly what Tyler was just saying. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same way. You you play one play, good or bad, you go back to the huddle, you reflect on it for a second, then you forget about it because you're right. I mean, in a football game, that first and 10 can easily become second and 18, third and 18 because you're thinking about the play before. Just You could be down 40 love real quick in a tennis match if oh, yeah. you're thinking when it's 15 love and you, know, you start to worry about it. I think that is really interesting. Have you? Do you feel like for yourself, um, even when you're down, you feel like you still feel confidence now compared to what you felt at 14? Um, sometimes it's really difficult to, but more often I felt like if I can just execute my plans and just keep, just keep at my game plan, it's going to work out in the end. As just as long as I don't get upset, the momentum can shift so quickly in tennis, especially in doubles with it being such a short format that winning three or four points in a row can just entirely shift the momentum mm-hmm. back to back to the other player that's losing. Right. How I want to ask you this. How would you describe your tennis game? Like if there is a particular set of skills, uh, a particular play style that you play, what is that, and how would you describe it to listeners? So I'm a very non-typical player. There's a lot of people that are just, they have, like, really big serves and big forehands or, like, to serve in volley. Um, I'm more of an all-court game style, but I'm not, like, super offensive. I love being at the net, but I'm really bad at getting there, and I tend to, like, throw in a lot of junk balls. Like, my, my slices are my best shots, which is really non-typical. So you're Tyler the Slicer. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a good nickname. And and if you had a player comp yourself to somebody at the professional level, who would that be? Hmm. Like who plays like the slice ball like you do? That's really difficult one. Because they all do. <laughs> a lot of them do. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all power one. serves. Yes, that's that's becoming more and more the norm in the professional game. Right. The advertise getting a lot taller. It's the game is just becoming so much more based around those really big first couple shots. Now I have a question for you because this is a question commonly asked. I feel like a lot with a lot of people when they watch tennis. Could you return a Serena Williams serve consistently? Um, I think that the first couple games would be very, very difficult just because I have to adjust to the serve. But I think that after that, probably. Probably. Mm-hmm. And I, when I go to your guys' matches, obviously the speed of the ball is ridiculous. But I just know every time I watch Serena hit the tennis ball, I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's so fast. Do you grunt? I do. I just think that's interesting. Do you think it does it help with your breathing or is it like a power thing, a mental thing? I think it's more of a mental thing. I remember um, hearing about this study a long time ago, actually, because um, cause, like, there's some players that grunt really loud. Like a couple that come to mind, like Maria Sharapova, for example. Just screams. Just screams. <laughs> and this study showed that, I don't know, I don't understand why, but when you grunt, your shots are on average 2% higher quality. I don't know why. Hmm. But I guess it's an interesting way to back up grunting. It's like if you talk to the ball in softball, your batting average goes up. It's really? proven, statistically proven. So you're supposed to like talk to it like, get out, ball. Go foul. Don't what? roll your eyes at me. He rolls his eyes at me a lot. Well, I, that's interesting. Um, have you ever gotten mad at somebody for grunting excessively? Is that a penalty? I have gotten annoyed at people for grunting for grunting excessively. There's been there have been some very interesting, very interesting grunts. There was this one guy that I played a long time ago. He would like growl when he hit the ball. It was like a tiger growl. Yes, (laughs) it was weird, and I got so annoyed by the end of that match. It was a long match too. I was just at my wit's end. Did you say anything? You couldn't really. I mean, and the, like I tried to like tell the ref because after the kid would win a point, then he would like growl really loud, <laughs> and I was like, "This, this is, shouldn't be allowed." Boy, if if <laughs> if he had an ace, it'd be like there'd be screaming for like three straight minutes, right? Yeah. yeah oh my gosh, that's it ridiculous. Was, it was something. <laughs> Talking to Tyler Conrad here on Charger Rundown. Tyler, who is your doubles partner? My my doubles partner here is Sean Barstow. He's a freshman. Okay, so describe your guys' relationship. So um, we have pretty good chemistry overall. Our games complement each other. Um, he has a bigger serve than me. He's got all the shots and doubles. It's it's crazy. He's got really nice volleys, really good returns. Um, our serves definitely complement each other when we're at the net because he has a like a very hard first serve which I can move around a lot on, whereas my first serve is more cons- is a little bit softer but more consistent, which allows him to move wherever he wants because on the first serve in doubles it's the most important even if you tap your first serve in the odds of it getting attacked by a returner are so low even compared to if you had a hard second serve Mm -hmm. it's just the mentality of returning a first serve versus a second serve now do you guys do anything like special off the court like will you take him out to dinner or something uh no (laughs) no you didn't do anything you know like he's coming in he's a freshman kind of show him the ropes a little bit 
I mean, there's three freshmen. They kind of show each other the ropes for the most part. Fair. <laughs> but you guys, like, as far as, like, your guys' partnership goes, um, you feel like you guys communicate well on the court? I think we do, yeah. it's He's definitely not someone I feel afraid to, like, give my opinion to. Like, um, there have been players in the past where I feel afraid to, like, like say something for fear of them thinking, like, looking down on me for it. Yeah, we definitely have a good back-and-forth relationship on strategies and what each other needs to do better, yep. which I think is very healthy. Which is great. And you guys don't get down on each other if something goes wrong. Right. Or, yeah, yeah it's all important. very positive. Tyler, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we let you go, there is one thing. Uh, I do want to beat you one time in pickleball this semester. We are in the same class. <laughs> and uh, it is a goal of mine to at least uh, get a, a, a few more points on you than what has consistently been happening. But you, you, how long have you played pickleball for? I've played pickleball for about two years now. Yeah, I I just started playing pickleball. So I I'm, can tell. Yeah, so uh, I need to get better uh, so I can challenge Tyler. But I'm hoping one day we can have a match in where you can sit, you can stand there and you say, "Wow, I'm really proud of Marty." What, what, give Marty one tip in his pickleball game so he can improve and at least try to stay with you. He needs to get to the net after he yeah, returns the serve. I'm really bad at that. I'm really, <laughs> and then if I do get to the net, I'm in what they call the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, not Stay on your toes. Well, I just, no, I just can't cross a line. Oh, oh, so I, I keep see. crossing this out of bounds line. It's not, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Tyler, we want to thank you so much for joining us. And again, best of luck the rest of the season. And we'll be thank looking you. forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Charge Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.